This is Audience Meets Artist from Augustana Arts, where we bring you behind-the-scenes stories from local, regional, and internationally acclaimed artists. Today, Executive Director Lynn Nestingen speaks with Peter Krasinski. Peter is a favorite guest artist at The Organ, accompanying silent films for Augustana Arts. I'm so excited to be here with Peter Krasinski, and uh, you're the con- a conductor, an organist, a music educator, and specializing in that silent film, silent movie accompaniment. And we were thrilled because you um, came to Augustana Arts in fall of 2018, right, for Metropolis. And that was epic for us and our audience, kind of a a wonderful opportunity. And then we loved you so much, we brought you back in fall of 2019 for The Hunchback of Notre Dame. And that was spectacular as well. Um, And as much as we would have loved to have you this fall, sadly... You know, obviously, that's just not something we're able to do. Um, As the organist at First Church of Christ, is that where you're still at? First Church of Christ Scientist in Providence. And also, the synagogue job is in Belmont. So uh, those two jobs continue. And I have a little bit of an announcement. Today, I've been announced as the house organist at the Providence Performing Arts Center. It's sort of a, a Broadway house. Uh, it's got three thousand over three thousand seats, and they do shows like Fiddler on the Roof and Hunchback of Notre Dame, the musical, and things like that. So when the house opens, I actually get a chance to play the pipe organ that's there—a big five-manual theater organ—and uh, people can enjoy that sound while they're coming in to take their seats. And uh, gee whiz, I think I played—I think the number was fifteen thousand people. The last week I played there in one week uh, because it was just an amazing thing to see people cheering and yelling about a pipe organ. <laughs> it really made me happy. I want to ask you and start this interview with a question that I um, find interesting for anybody, and that is about your musical upbringing and the major influences in your life, Peter, that have intrigued and sparked your passion and interest in music and more specifically the silent film component or organ. So why don't you share your upbringing and and tell us about who you are. My parents both knew that I was pretty musical right from the beginning in a way. Uh, I guess I had some sort of adenoid issue. Uh, And so I didn't talk for a long time. And they were kind of, their eyes were getting a little big, like what's going on with Peter? Um, But I did start humming and singing first before I could speak. And, um, you know, all the way back then, I would hum along with the vacuum cleaner and tune and stuff like that in the house. And we did have an upright piano. And my mom would put it this way. By the time I could reach the keys, I was starting to bang on them and have fun with it and play around with this this instrument. And so um, my mother was a member of a, a volunteer orchestra, the Quincy Symphony Orchestra in Quincy, Massachusetts. And so occasionally there'd be chamber music in the house. My dad enjoyed Mitch Miller records and, and light, light classics from, of course, the Boston Pops. And that music was there in the house. And I also had three older sisters that uh, tended to like to sing along in harmony on the front porch. So music was not sort of a special thing. It was, it was a normal thing in the house all the time. So I sort of was taking that in, I think, as a little kid. 
And as I got older, I started taking piano lessons and discovered that I really didn't like reading music. <laughs> I, my mind was not wired to take something visual, uh, like those little symbols, and turn it into something to make my fingers work. Um, some teachers were quite ingenious during this difficult process of me learning notation. One of them actually took the music and turned it one quarter of the way. So the notes on the left side of the keyboard were on the bottom and on the top. Uh, little tricks like that would help me to get it together. And probably back then, I, I, I probably still have a, a dyslexic bent. Um, but I, I call it in a way a gift because it makes me think a little outside the box sometimes because uh, I can see things from a different perspective than maybe uh, another person who would instantly be able to read can see things. And that leads right directly into improvisation. Being so frustrated, but at the same time so in love with music, I just couldn't help myself. I had to make music. And so uh, being frustrated by reading didn't stop me from hearing it, playing it back, and playing with it, and making up music on the piano. And then eventually, at nine years old, I auditioned for a, a symphony orchestra called the Greater Boston Youth Symphony Orchestra and ended up learning about the orchestra. I mean, I already knew about the orchestra, but actually playing in an orchestra. And so all of these influences, I think, or came into being. Eventually, when I got into college, I began studying organ with a very uh, inspirational teacher. My first teacher was still alive in his 90s. His name is Father David Gallagher. And I still sent him lunch every Tuesday. Oh, my goodness. nursing home. Yeah, he, he's a really good guy, and he's uh, a whole bunch of us have gotten together to serve him lunch every day, so he remembers who his friends are. It's really fun. Uh, it's a great way to keep in touch, by the way, with people. If you know somebody that's in a nursing home that's away, and how can I keep in touch with this person? Deliver them some food, uh, even if it's food they're not supposed to eat. <laughs> anyway, Father uh, Gallagher was very inspiring. I loved the organ as a kid. Uh, when my mother said in kindergarten, we're going to bring you downstairs to go uh, to kindergarten now, uh, I, I, I bit her. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, you made a mark early on in life. <laughs> I'm going to be upstairs where the music and the choir is and the sermon. And I uh, said, so, okay. No, no kindergarten, no Sunday school for you. So I would go to church instead. And also there was a, and it still is, and I'm happy to say it was recently restored, a Wurlitzer Theater organ in Stoneham Town Hall in Massachusetts. And I went there, and that was the first time I ever saw a silent film accompanied by Gaylord Carter was there and Lee Irwin. Those are two big names in, in silent movie accompaniment. So I got a chance to really get turned on to the organ early on. So all that music swimming in my head, and eventually I also was a good enough tenor to be in the Tanglewood Festival Chorus. Mm. So I sing under people like Bernstein and, oh my goodness, having Michael Tippett conduct us in the child of our time. I mean, I can't imagine a more amazing experience for anybody that loves music to be involved in such great things as that. So I didn't even mention the rock band I had, <laughs> which was 
also a whole other story. I, I mean, well, let's hear about it. I'd, I'd be interested in hearing your rock band story. It seems so different from what I'm, you know, what sounds like your other past has been. Let's hear about it. <laughs> I, it was near the, uh, the last dying gasp of live rock and roll in Boston. The MTV had just come out and people were pretty much staying at home. But um, uh, three friends of mine and I got together and we had a band called New Blend. And, uh, you know, when you had a crowd in front of you wanting to hear um, Stairway to Heaven, you better know how it goes. And so that was part of the performing aspect, I think, of my life, and also the creative aspect of it. Uh, you've never heard Comfortably Numb played so well, uh, or another brick in the wall as in a church with a big pipe organ. <laughs> Sounds very innovative and creative. Um, so, you you know, you come from a rich history of uh, tradition, of, I mean, with a bachelor's of music degree in music ed, an organ performance, master's of sacred music degree from Boston University. So well-educated, you know, obviously. But um, I'm curious, what gets you, you know, you've done so much performing. Um, what gets you excited and motivated every day to get up? Like, what are the things you look forward to the most? Well, I, I'm, I love nature. And I love this world we're in. It's a, it's a beautiful place, and it's going through some really tough times right now. Uh, so I hope I don't get too emotional, <laughs> but it's just, uh, I love it. It's beautiful to be here. And, uh, I feel very fortunate that I have a gift that I'm able to share. And hopefully, um, that resonates with other people. I've always been excited to get up in the morning and sad to go to sleep at night because I might miss something. Um, in musical sense, um, it's always different. And it's always new and it's always fresh, hopefully, and again, always relevant. So it's that which gets me up in the morning. There are some projects that I really should get off my duff and start doing. I, I have a couple of operas up here and, and a, a few, few things I'd really like to start composing. So I need to learn uh, how to really just sit down and, and put my nose to the grindstone, so to speak, and, and get some of these things out on paper. Because mainly I'm a, <laughs> I make it up. <laughs> right. Well, and, and that kind of leads into one other question about um, how you prepare yourself mentally um, to go into an improv session or an opportunity or performance. Like, what do you? How do you prepare for that? Well, I, I could use um, your venue as an example, um, and I do this do this pretty much in every venue that I can. Uh, number one is uh, who am I communicating with? Like who's going to be part of this event? Because I never think of it as Peter accompanying a movie, the end. I think of it as we're all on a journey. A story is going to be told on the screen, which is static, never changes. It's a movie. Unless it gets edited, it's going to be the same forever. But the music and the audience and the venue and the organ all are different. And second, uh, really get the vibe, the sort of the spiritual feeling. What does this building feel like? Uh, when I approach it, I often 
you know, get out the cell phone and take pictures and then look at them and think about the windows and the architecture and, you know, what is this building saying? Who built this building? Why did they build it? Why is it here? And then whoop, focus in on the music. What is this organ? And what does the organ have to say? Um, it's, it's very important for me to have the organ be comfortable. And that's what makes the improvisation possible, is that I really get to study for as many hours and days as possible that organ. Uh, if I push this thing, what will it sound like? And, and I have to remember in my head, that's where the trumpet is, that's where the flutes are, that's where the strings are. Uh, I want this special effect to be on number 64, button 12, or whatever it is. And all that, although it seems complicated, organs are actually designed to help uh, the organist to find those sounds quickly and to be able to navigate through these emotions coming from the screen uh, in such a way that it's instantaneous and hopefully tells the story beyond the music. Peter, you've... Uh premiered in major venues throughout North America, right, Europe, Asia, and you've also been the recipient of a number of prizes, including first prize for the improvisation from the American Guild of Organists National Competition. Congrats on that. Um, but my question for you is about success and how do you define success for yourself? You know, you're right, thinking about an opera. You know, tell me about how you define success for yourself. <laughs> I get too deep sometimes, probably. <laughs> uh, I hope I can remember her name. I taught in a school a while back called Beaver Country Day School. And part of, again, part of my musical heritage is the, the musical. And we do a musical for the middle school and for the upper school. And oh my goodness, can I remember her name? Tammy Grimes. Do you know this name, Tammy Grimes? No. She was sort of a popular icon. She was actually in a Village People movie. <laughs> she was also uh, the star of Lullaby of Broadway or something like this. I really should know better. All your listeners are going to be jumping down my throat. Of course, you should know what show she was in. But she was a graduate of this school where I was teaching. And she came and she did a little master class. And one of the students was just totally blown away that, that Tammy Grimes is going to be here, which is great because she was an impressive woman to come back and to do a little master class at our school. And she asked, the student asked Tammy, she said, so what's it like being on Broadway, you know, breathlessly? In other words, what's it like to be such a success? And Tammy took a deep breath and she just looked at her and said, it's just like this here in Bradley Hall at Beaver Country Day School. And the kid insisted. She said, no, 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 no. What's it like to be on Broadway? And Tammy took a much deeper breath and said, young lady, after you've done your show and all the curtain calls are done, you get in that cab and you go home by yourself. <laughs> and it was just, wow. What a great thing to keep in mind, that whatever your success might be on the stage, uh, you know, in life in general, financial accolades, whatever it is, your biggest success is to be comfortable with yourself. And, you know, that, again, might be a little deep 
for this interview. But for me, it really was a beautiful message, especially for anybody going into the realm of performing arts. And it was it's obvious in Tammy's life that she found a wonderful husband and had a wonderful life, and she enjoyed herself. In a, on a smaller level, I would say my goal during a silent film is actually to have you forget that I'm playing. If you are in the audience and you have suddenly got to that point during the performance where you are in the story, that's success for me. That's where I've, I've done along with the director and the actors and the audience and the venue and the organ and the organ tuner and the person that turns on the, and off the lights. All those people have come together to make this story come alive, this idea. And these films, as you could see by both Metropolis and Hunchback, are full of incredible drama, humor, pathos, sorrow. sorrow. Um, they're, they're, because of the nature of when they were made, uh, by these directors that had complete control over them, somehow they, their message is very undiluted. And it's very direct. It seems to go right into your heart when you see these images and, and feel the story being told. So that, to me, is success. That I'm a part of that is a success. You know, we're all learning. I mean, um, what has evolved in our world over the past six months, we're all learning new, right? We're having to kind of rethink how we used to do things. Um, and I'm wondering about your renewal. Uh, is there one or two things that you wish you had known when you first began your career that you know now or you didn't know and you wished you had known? Well, I don't know. I think everyone has their journey, and it seems to be a journey that um, unfolds, right? Yeah. Um, I know that for me, I did appreciate uh, the education I got both as an undergraduate and as a graduate student at Boston University, simply because I, I just felt that it was a very kind place, believe it or not. Huge, huge university, and yet within the school itself and within each department, there was a personal connection between every teacher I had and myself and the other students. And, uh, I, you know, when I look back on that, I think, well, you know, Maybe I didn't have that long string of letters after my name <laughs> or go to that particular college that would have gotten the attention for a certain uh, position. Uh, but at the same time, I'm very happy where I am now. So um, I think that's that's kind of the answer. So, Peter, you've dabbled in um, rock band, music, rock music, and I know I know. also you have an interest in jazz. It sounds like jazz piano, but where is that thread uh, for you in the arts and music? Like, What ties that all together at the core and your passion for music? Well, uh, what ties it together is, is really humanity, I think. Uh, humanity is what it's really all about, uh, and and I think one of the reasons I'm drawn to the silent film uh, so much is that there's in these different stories, from the comedies to the epics to the historical things to the questionable um, 
not politically correct films that I think should be watched and then talked about a great deal. Um, all of these films have something to do with us as people. Who are we as people? And that's the tie-in, I think, uh, the main tie-in. And the reason I mentioned Bernstein and head back to there is that Bernstein was a huge fan of the conductor um, Krzyzewicki. And he has this idea, which I really try to keep in mind every time I even just play a hymn, and that is, what is the central line? He probably said it with a very heavy Russian accent, but in the music, we must find the central line. In other words, what's this piece saying? You must understand what is the central line. Uh, as one of my gum-chewing students said years ago in Brockton, Massachusetts, Mr. K, what's your point? <laughs> and she's right. And uh, What's your point? I mean, what, why, why are you teaching us music theory? And then I would explain, oh, well, let me show you. And then I, but then I realized, i I got to work this. i got to figure this out. But you're right. Well, what is the point, Mr. K? Why would I teach you music theory in seventh grade? That central line idea, the human idea, all of this comes together to form a single uh, purpose. And that goes back to why do I wake up in the morning, too. I love that. And, it, you know, it really relates to a lot of what we're trying to express here an audience meets artist in that it's not just notes on a paper. It's not just a sound wave through the air, but it's that human element that you, Peter, bring to the stage or any artist brings. It's there's there's something greater than even the music itself that, you know, um, that I think is the most powerful part about music. I, I love the opportunity to be able to to put into musical expression uh, the search for truth in our human world. I really do. I think it's, a, it's an important responsibility for those of us that, that have this, this, uh, this gift that we've been given to share with others and that we also uh, need to listen. We generally don't listen very well, I don't think, as people, generally, not just artists, but everybody. Uh, and I think that part of that is part of the skill of a good artist is to hear what is being said elsewhere. Where can people find you if they're interested in learning more about Peter Krasinski and or possibly, hopefully in the future, bring you to their hometown? Because um, we look forward to having you back in Denver. But where can people find you? It's a very simple website. It's uh, mylastname.org, and I'll spell it out, www.krasinski.org. And I always like to say it stands for Oregon, right? .org? <laughs> so it's krasinski.org. And a word to your uh, listeners that might be jumping right there now, I need to update it. <laughs> okay. I think we're all finding in these times a need yeah. to get things current. A lot, a lot of, uh, you know, performances are going to happen. To, no, they're not going to happen tomorrow night. Um, so I do need to put in some postponements and other things there. But on the website, you'll find examples of, for instance, uh, two excerpts from the movie Metropolis are there uh, to get a taste of what uh, uh, I do as an organist while I accompany. Uh, there's also a lot of other past uh, 
audiovisual examples of my work. Um, the three bios and some pictures and the, the, the concert calendar. And there's also some uh, reviews scattered within there, which are fun to read. Uh, Facebook, um, go check out my Facebook page if you want. <laughs> it's this sort of strange mix of things. I, I recently had a lot of fun on Facebook uh, posting all about the trip I took with my parents. The one I talked about earlier, which Notre Dame was a part of. And I just couldn't believe I opened up this big notebook, scrapbook that my mother had put together. And there it was every day, a little two paragraphs about what we did that day. It's just great. With postcards and programs, nice. there's a program, Rose recital right there. Um, and then I couple that with all the slides that were in this big box. And I took out the projector and, oh, the bulb doesn't work. So I bought a, a vintage bulb and got that together and actually posted the two the day from 1974 each day. And, you know, people were pretty grateful because it's not easy to go to Europe right now. <laughs> no, but to see that, that's great. Yeah, that you were able to share it. You able to do that. So I have... I have a good time on Facebook, and if you do go to Facebook, you'll also notice that that uh, I, I do a lot of safe solo sailing nowadays and take pictures of pretty things, and I try to do that. So Facebook is a place, but uh, you can reach me also and ask any questions um, on, the, on the website. Krasinski.org has a way to write back to me, and I'd love to hear from somebody interested in music as opposed to someone trying to sell me something. <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> Everybody's trying to sell something over the internet now. This is the, the means <laughs> to get it, I guess. That almond, you know, nutcracker, you know, in the shape of a violin. I don't. I just yeah, don't need it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it was such a pleasure to talk with you, Peter, and it was great to see you. And I thank you for taking the time to share a little bit of who you are with us and I'm, I'm sure the audience uh, will, our, our listeners will enjoy the conversation and hearing your insights. Thank you, Peter. Thank you to you. you everyone at the venue and especially your listeners. Yeah. Because the listening is no art. Well, be well. Stay strong. Alright? Take care. Love you, Peter. Bye. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. This has been Audience Meets Artist from Augustana Arts. Thanks to Peter Krasinski, the wonderful people who support Augustana Arts, and you. Thank you for listening.